The WBEN All Local. All Local. A daily look at what's happening in Buffalo, Western New York, and the world. I'm Susan Rose. National Weather Service meteorologist John Hitchcock is joining me live. Uh, well, it looks like a little bit of a, a weather ride this weekend with a turn to some sharply colder air for at least a little bit. Yeah, we get uh, cold for about a day and a half. We've been quite warm much of this week. A uh, strong cold front moves through late this afternoon. That will force temperatures to fall overnight tonight. So only in the low to mid-20s for a high tomorrow. And then in the teens tomorrow night, but then we warm right back up again. It'll be a cold start Sunday morning with temperatures in the teens at daybreak, but then we're back to the low to mid-40s later Sunday. And that warm-up will intensify next week. We might even hit 60 degrees by next Tuesday. So quite the roller coaster ride coming. Yeah, it sure is. And we're less than four weeks until spring, but some days it really already feels like spring. It does, yeah. And it looks like most days for the rest of the month and into early March are going to be above normal. So uh, really no sign of winter returning. John, thank you. You're welcome, Susan. My meteorologist John Hitchcock at the Buffalo office of the National Weather Service. The death of a 21-year-old woman who fell out of an Uber on the 33 Expressway two weeks ago has been ruled accidental. Cheektowaga police say they have physical evidence that the woman climbed out of the rear window while it was in motion. She fell onto the roadway and was struck by a vehicle. The driver of both vehicles have been cooperating with police. Several witnesses have also come forward. Police say the evidence does not support any criminal charges at this time. AT&T says it has restored cell service after yesterday's widespread outage that impacted customers in cities from Buffalo to New York, Houston, and Chicago, the company listed the cause as maintenance activity. Chief investigative reporter Josh Margolin. Finally, after hours last night, AT&T confirms that this was not the result of some sort of malicious or nefarious action, not a cyber attack. It was a software problem that somebody did something with the software, with the updating, moving back and forth. They say it was purely a software glitch. It was resolved and they are working to make sure that everything is fixed and doesn't happen again. At its peak yesterday morning, 70,000 customers were without service. Roswell Park has released a study that is Buffalo-focused on smoking and what would happen if menthol cigarettes were eliminated. WBEN's Max Ferry is here with that. Roswell Park on Thursday released a study that takes a look at how banning the sale of menthol cigarettes could impact the city of Buffalo. Lung cancer places a huge burden on the city. We estimate about 144 deaths each year from lung cancer in the city. About 41 of those are from African Americans. So about one black person each week dies from lung cancer in the city and for most of them it was a menthol cigarette that was the product that led to that a product designed to promote addiction target marketed to african americans dr andrew highland roswell parks chair of the department of health and behavior taking data from local national and international studies the roswell park health and behavior team concluded that eliminating the sale of menthol cigarettes will prevent over 700 premature deaths in the city of buffalo the studies show that it's harder to quit when you're using a menthol product and that menthol cigarettes encourage young people to start. They make it easier for them to progress to regular daily use. So really on those both, both of those fronts, eliminating, boosting quitting and having fewer kids coming in, becoming cigarette smokers would lead to these kind of health savings in the city. 
Studies also show that policies that prevent the sale of menthol cigarettes have boosted quit rates and are saving lives. The Roswell Park study makes reference to the cigarette menthol ban in Canada. All provinces banned the sale of menthol cigarettes by 2018. A federal ban on menthol cigarettes has been in the works in the United States for more than a decade, and health experts fear it could continue to be delayed. You can hear the extended conversation at WBEN.com. Max Ferry, WBEN.com News. Thank you, Max. The U.S. is promising a harsh new round of sanctions on Russia. Under Secretary of State for Political Affairs Victoria Nuland promising that the Biden administration's forthcoming round of financial penalties against Russia would be crushing and consist of hundreds of hundreds of hundreds of sanctions, adding some of them will be targeted at folks directly involved in Navalny's death. The vast majority of them, though, are designed to further attrite Putin's war machine to close the gaps in the sanctions regime that he has been able to evade. The European Union and U.K. have also just unveiled new sanctions on Russia. In Azdalekwatera, ABC News, at the Foreign Desk. In the wake of the failure of a bipartisan border deal, President Biden is considering major new executive actions to address the migrant crisis, including tough restrictions on asylum seekers. The president is very eager to show Americans he is taking this issue seriously. Polls show that Americans are really concerned about what is happening at the U.S. southern border. And it's not happening on Capitol Hill right now. That bipartisan deal in the Senate was rejected by House Republicans. So this is the White House looking at those polls and trying to show that they're doing something. That's White House correspondent Karen Travers, a former FBI informant accused of lying to federal agents about bribery allegations against President Biden and his son Hunter is back in custody again. Two days after a judge said 43-year-old Alexander Smirnov could be released ahead of trial, he's back in custody in Nevada. The arrest came during a meeting on Thursday with his lawyers after prosecutors appealed the ruling allowing him to go free. There was a warrant on the same charges from California on which he had been previously arrested, according to his attorney. Smirnov is charged with making false statements to federal agents. Alex Stone, ABC News. Well, for the first time in more than 50 years, the U.S. is back on the moon. Houston-based Intuitive Machines partnered with NASA in sending the lunar lander to craters along the moon's south pole. NASA Administrator Bill Nelson, celebrating the milestone, says it bears the dream of a new adventure as NASA partners with the private sector. Today, for the first time in the history of humanity, A commercial company, an American company, launched and led the voyage up there. And today is a day that shows the power and promise of NASA's commercial partnerships. The lander initially sent out a rather weak signal. Space consultant Bill Harwood said NASA hopes this is just the beginning. NASA plans to basically hire these companies to send payloads to the moon like like you'd call an Uber or a Lyft. But these companies have to make it work first, and that's what we're seeing today. There was no immediate word from the company on the condition or even exact location of the lander last night. The company is expected to have more to say about it later today. And growing debate across Florida over permission slips. Parents now being asked to sign for seemingly 
standard activities. Controversy in the classroom. Some Florida districts are now requiring parental approval for holiday celebrations, classroom birthday parties, even a school concert. More than two dozen children at a school near Jacksonville were excluded from a musical performance because they didn't have signed slips. These rules were put in place to comply with a Florida State Board of Education rule passed last year. Sounds kind of crazy. The exclusive WBEN 7 weather forecast calls for a dense fog advisory remaining into effect for Erie County until 4 p.m., where visibility may drop down to a quarter of a mile, especially near the lakeshore. Temperatures go from 40 degrees into the teens overnight with a chance of rain and snow showers. Although very scattered and light, snow showers come to an end early on Saturday with sunshine gradually making its way into the area into the afternoon, although chilly with highs in the mid and low 20s. On Sunday, we'll have highs in the lower 40s, partly sunny and breezy with a chance of showers and snow showers late. With your exclusive WBEN 7 weather forecast, I'm meteorologist Autumn Lewandowski. Tim Clark is joining me on the WBEN Trocare College Live Line, Commissioner of the Buffalo Niagara Film Office. The movie Cabrini opens two weeks from today, Tim. It's uh, the story of the first American saint, and I understand that you have seen it. The interest here is big because much of it was shot here. Oh, sure, Susan. About 95 or more percent of it was shot here. There was just a small portion, excuse me, that was shot in Italy that, um, you know, at the Vatican and uh, nearby that uh, place for the Vatican. And uh, But, yeah, most of it is western New York. And it really touched the, a wide variety of places, including um, – uh, Medina, uh, uh, Niagara Falls, uh, areas uh, throughout Erie County, of course, and uh, and a lot of it in the city of Buffalo. Yeah. So you have had a chance to see the movie. What did you think? Mm-hmm. It's it's amazing. It's a uh, it's uh, it's uh, showing off Western New York uh, in a way that uh, you know we just couldn't afford to advertise. And it's funny how this movie stuff works because uh, especially these types of movies, these period movies, there's just so much architectural treasure uh, here in um, Western New York that you know is very shootable and can play for um, you know the late 1800s, uh, like uh, Cabrini uh, took place in. And so you know when when other uh, filmmakers see this uh, movie. They often ask one another, you know, where was that shot? Where do you, you know, where is that magnificent uh, backdrop? And of course, you know, all roads lead to uh, to Buffalo and Niagara Falls and Lockport and and beyond. You know, is there a particular scene that stands out that you remember from watching it that it really hit home? Yeah, I mean, I think uh, uh, moviegoers will see a variety of things that they'll recognize. Uh, Knox Farm, for instance, uh, the bridge up in Medina. Uh, it's actually an underpass that goes under the Erie Canal, the only place in uh, along the Erie Canal that actually goes under the canal. Um, and But I, I think the thing that just is uh, amazing to me is just how they built uh, a mini back lot. Uh, you know, they recreated Five Points, New York, back in the 1890s, and uh, they did that on Elk Street in South Buffalo here. And it's uh, it's an amazing, amazing uh, uh, looking movie. The production designer did an absolutely fantastic job. The director and the uh, director of photography were just, um, you know, I mean, they're, they're artists indeed. So it's uh, it's it's uh, it's a it's a wonderful movie. It's um, it kind of chronicles Cabrini, but it also uh, is a story of women empowerment uh, and uh, immigrants, uh, which is well, those two things are quite topical today. And uh, it's, uh, you know, it's coming out on International Women's Day, uh, uh, 
March uh, 8th. So it's uh, kind of coinciding with that, and uh, it's going to have a very, very wide theatrical release uh, around the United States and uh, eventually the world. Yeah, help me remember, Tim, how many extras were in it, and, and how long were they shooting here? Well, uh, it was over a thousand extras, and they were they were here for uh, um, I would say from beginning to end, first uh, team in and uh, last leaving. Uh, they were in for about eight months, I think. Uh, they dropped, uh, you know, upwards of, uh, you know, probably about fifty to sixty million dollars spend right here in Western New York. Uh, it really is a, an amazing. Um, uh, you know, movie and an amazing uh, uh, boost to our local economy here. Who is in it? Anyone that we would know? Yeah, uh, well, some actors that are in it. Uh, John Lithgow plays the mayor. Uh, David Morris uh, plays uh, the archbishop. But uh, this sort of breakout Italian actress that's well-known on a couple of HBO shows, her name is Christiana Delana, uh, plays... Um, uh, Cabrini herself, Mother Cabrini, and uh, they are excellent. They really are excellent actors. Little known uh, fact, I always like to throw these things in. Um, a little girl is in this movie. Her, name, her, her character name is Aria. Uh, it was played by Virginia Bocelli, who is the daughter to, um, you know, the great opera uh, uh, master, uh, Andrea Bocelli. And Andrea Bocelli was actually here in Buffalo watching his daughter uh, shoot a, a little bit of the movie and uh, really enjoyed his stay here. And, uh, you know, it's kind of one of those unexpected things that happens in um, in the in the movie business. Oh, that is a neat story. Uh, do you expect local movie theaters to be busy around the opening? I do. Yeah, it's uh, it's selling very well. Uh, the North Park has a, a sneak uh, screening uh, of it uh, two days leading up to it, uh, and tickets I believe are still available for that. But it's uh, it's going to be playing really throughout uh, America. But it's you know it's going to have a long run I think here. Um, uh, you know, the studio, Angel Studios, uh, uh, has a very interesting business model, and, um, you know, they, they did the uh, uh, they did a, several movies that have been, you know, just uh, their marketing scheme is a little bit different from the others, and uh, it, it really, you know, they, I think that this is going to uh, draw big crowds. I'm thinking, too, that uh, the last time we've been talking with you, you've been talking about how well we know that during uh, COVID, you know, movie production was pretty much stopped and everything was kind of backed up or backlogged, I should say, and that it was going to be like a big release. How busy are things getting? Well, they're getting busy. Uh, I mean, extremely busy. This summer is going to be, you know, insane in this town. There are going to be movie star sightings and uh, famous directors and all kinds of uh, folks, movie trucks all over town. What happened, Susan, is COVID hit and shut down the industry all over the world, really. So, you know, it, it was backlogged. And then something very unexpected happened last year, and that was uh, uh, the two strikes. You know, the Writers Guild and uh, the Screen Actors Guild uh, went on strike. So that shut down everything last year. And so we've had a horrendous, horrendous um, a few years here, uh, the crew has been uh, struggling, uh, but they're really coming back on their feet now. We have a movie shooting now, a Christmas movie. Fred Olin Ray is uh, in town uh, for another couple days. He's been here about a month and um, just wrapping up a wonderful Christmas movie that people will be able to see uh, this um, this season, uh, this holiday season, probably around Thanksgiving on television. And then also, um, you know, we have uh, uh, two really 
good-sized movies that are coming to town during March. Another really big one moving in in April, May. Uh, and then uh, over the summer, we've got multiple, multiple big movies. Uh, one in particular is a big studio film, and uh, we're excited about that. All right. Sounds great. Uh, we'll leave it there. Tim, thank you very much. Thank you, Susan. Enjoy the weekend, and thanks for calling. Absolutely. That's Tim Clark. He is Buffalo Niagara Film Commissioner. That's the WBEN All Local. All new episodes are made available each weekday morning, produced by the award-winning WBEN Newsroom.